Friends, family, acquaintances, Enemies. strangers. Yes, all of you. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Bargain Den. We're here at the Bargain Den, and I'm Brandon. I'm Donna. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Bargain Den. It's a financial advice podcast where we watch movies and we tell you if you should watch them because some movies make you take out your wallet books, and other movies <laughs> make you take out your mind. What? You gotta watch the ones that take out your mind. Okay. Not your wallet books, because if they make you take out your wallet books, then somebody's gonna send you back in time to when people called wallets wallet books. Did they ever call them wallet books? Well, I do occasionally, so somebody did at some point. I'm not just <laughs> making that up. I, at least I didn't call them like pocket books. <laughs> You're kidding, right? No, I think that's also a thing. It's your pocketbook. That, that's the one I've heard. Oh. Well, did I just combine wallet and pocketbooks? I think so. Welcome, everybody, to this <laughs> train ride of a comedy show that uh, we do. And, boy, it is quite the train ride. Um, Donna, when was the last time you were on a train? The last time I was on a train was when I was in, I think, seventh grade. So, I don't know. 15, I don't know how long ago that was. Ten? I don't know. Years? Probably. Ish. Ish, yeah. Well, very cool. Uh, all right. When was the last time you were on Oh, I train? thought you'd never ask. <laughs> um, the last time I was was the only time I ever was. So you guys do the rest. Do the math. Okay. Yeah. I were don't know. You, were you never on a train? No, I was on a train once. Uh, twice, actually, because I took it back as well. Went oh. down to, I think, Houston when I was a kid. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we went down to Dallas. Hmm. It's also I, the only time I was ever on a train that yeah. I know of. It's expensive. I just know that. We got a discount through AAA. You have been around the notion of finances much longer than I have. <laughs> I don't believe that I uh, was remotely privy to whether or not we were involved with AAA when I was a kid. So. <laughs> um, but that's not what we're talking about. We're going to talk about a movie, and we're going to spoil this movie. So if when I start talking about the movie, you go, wait, wait, don't tell me on NPR. <laughs> I want to see this movie before they spoil it. Well, then stop the ding dang podcast and go watch the movie. Um, or or maybe you want to know whether or not you should. Um if you're kind of on the fence, because uh, that's what we do here. I didn't mean to undermine our whole purpose, <laughs> but I did. Anyway. But this one is newer, so you it know, is a bit newer. I, I won't be offended if before you find out if it's frugal or not, you did want to watch it. So right. there are spoilers. There are spoilers. Going to spoil it. Um, the University of Oklahoma had a free movie screening. Uh, so I know he said we were back on our grind on that bargain bargain movie binge but um from the bargain bag but 
we went and saw this movie for free and then didn't have time to watch another one. So here we are. So here we and are. Honestly, that's even cheaper than most of our bargain movies. It, I mean, you can't really beat a free movie. Yeah. Exactly. So, uh, thank you to the University of Oklahoma. I wouldn't say it's necessarily free, per se, because we found out of it because one of us is a student there. Although, you don't have to be a student to attend. True. Although, I don't want to say much more because I don't want it to be crowded with people who yeah, go watch the movie. Yeah, it particularly crowded when we went, so that was nice. But, anyway. Um, who has a loud smack of mine? Uh, yeah, the movie we watched was uh, Venom. Uh, the the Marvel f- flick flick. Uh, I was gonna say like kind of off off Marvel Marvel adjacent Marvel Association film, uh, Venom starring uh, Tom Hardy, Tim Hardy, um, Tom Hardy, Tom Hardy, and others at all. And so again, final spoiler warning: as uh, this is the plot of Venom. And we're live. Eddie Brock is an investigative reporter working in San Francisco with his fiance, whose name is Anne. <coughs> Good start. Um, <laughs> Anne is a lawyer for a uh, environmental company, um, and or works associated with this environmental company. But Ed- Eddie Brock is a um, hard, tough nitty-gritty uh, reported journalist who finds the underbellies of companies and and government organizations and reports the truth. And that's his whole shtick. He doesn't like liars or bad people. And he gets the opportunity to interview the head of this company that is recently has traveled to space and come back, but when they came back, their spaceship crashed on Earth. Beknownst to Eddie Brock and anybody else in the world except for this company, there were aliens on the ship that they brought back that were these gooey, slimy, creepy-looking, alien-looking things. And uh, we learn later that they are known as the symbiotes. Um, I guess that's not really their name. That's our name for them. Yeah. Earth's name. But uh, there were three that made it back. One escaped, and so they couldn't find it. And the one that escaped ended up taking over the body of this person in Malaysia, I think, is where the spaceship craft landed. And then that lady just starts walking, presumably heading towards San Francisco. And so that's kind of ongoing throughout this whole movie is this symbiote jumping from person to person heading towards San Francisco. So the head of this environmental corporation, his goal is to make it to where we as humans are able to breathe on other planets and extraterrestrial planets, such as these aliens did. So if we can achieve that, then we don't have to be worried about being stranded on here on Earth as Earth is dying. So what ends up happening is they start performing tests with these symbiotes. But before they really get a chance to do that, Eddie Brock gets the opportunity to interview the head of this company. And he's like, I got a bad feeling about this guy. But Eddie Brock's uh, boss tells him, look, just do this one straight. Don't do any of your crazy stuff or whatever. Just interview him. So he gets this interview of a lifetime because the head of the company doesn't ever give out interviews. And um, he tells his wife and she's like really happy. But she's like, hey, don't mess up like you did last time and upset too many people. So you get kicked out of New York. (laughs) And he's like, got it. And then he proceeds to 
invade her privacy and go into her laptop where she has documents that are classified and uh, apparently he has no qualms with her having those documents, but is upset that they exist. So these documents basically say that they're performing human test subject, human tests on for drugs and stuff, but they're performing them on like homeless people or people that uh, are basically not well off, drug addicts and the like. And in doing so, uh, if they die from the tests, they just bury the bodies. So it's this kind of, basically, we're trying to do better for the world, but actually, we're scummy because of our practices. So he ends up interviewing the head of the company, and then ends up revealing the news that he has this information. So he gets, Eddie Brock gets fired from the newspaper he worked at, and his fiance gets fired from her job and breaks up with him. So then we cut to six months later, and they're still trying to test this symbiote stuff, but now they've moved on to human subjects, but the symbiotes keep rejecting the hosts. All the while, Eddie Brock doesn't have a job, but somehow can still live in San Francisco. That's the biggest lie of this movie, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> and um, he's just trying to make ends meet, but he's given up the whole being a hero, investigative journalist thing, whatever. Um... And he's not a not a good guy anymore. Well, he gets to the end of his rope. He's got nothing else to lose. Whenever one of the scientists that work at the environmental group decides that she is not okay with the unethical practices of this environmental group, so what they end up doing is they go to Eddie Brock, the scientist lady, and she says, "I'm not okay with this. Uh, please report on it and stuff." And he's like, "No." And then he's like, "Okay, I will." <laughs> so they go and. Re- he breaks into the lab, and while he's there, um, there is a woman who is trapped in a cell, and he breaks her out because she's, like, screaming for help. So when she do- when he does, she attacks him, and the symbiote latches on to Eddie Brock. And he immediately gets, like, superhuman strength and becomes very strong and is able to evade all the guards as he escapes with the symbiote inside him. And then there start to be some side effects to having the symbiote inside of him, such as hearing the voice of the symbiote, who I assume can speak English because he can basically download all of Eddie Brock's thoughts and becomes able to speak. It's a superhero movie, who cares? (laughs) Um, And that's when Venom, the symbiote, is morphed into Eddie Brock, and thus begins this uh, kind of symbiotic relationship, hence them being known as symbiotes, where... um, they kind of benefit each other, and the Venom is able to provide superhero human strength and agility and morph him into this monster-esque-looking superhero who uh, likes to eat live things, primarily <laughs> humans. Um, and that's how he, uh, Venom survives, which is not the most pleasant thing for Eddie Brock. But um, And so Eddie Brock still has the camera evidence of the foundation. I cannot remember the foundation's name. Drake. Drake? That's the main guy's yeah, last but, name, the owners. It's like Drake Industries or something. No, I thought it was like Fresh Step Industries. I don't know, but it doesn't matter. Last, the yeah, bad guy's name is Drake. Um, so Drake is trying to get to Eddie Brock and get Venom back. All the while, um, this other symbiote is slowly walking to San Francisco like the monster from It Follows. And eventually gets there, 
in the form of a little girl and somehow makes it on to the base of the scientific foundation and ends up um, morphing with uh, Drake. So now Drake is, of course, superhuman as well with this other symbiote whose name I can't remember, but uh, it's not Venom. And so the plot, the, the, the plot of the symbiotes is that they're going to bring all of the symbiotes back to Earth and eat everybody because they're all, humans are weak and they taste really good, so. <laughs> but Venom has a change of heart for some reason uh, and ends up kind of falling in love with Eddie Brock slash Earth and, and gets thrown into all of it and kind of embodies Venom for a little bit. But then he gets back to Eddie Brock and Venom's like, I, cause I like you, Eddie, and I like Earth, so I'm let's stop this other symbiote and save Earth, cause what the other symbiote's gonna do is take the spaceship back to his planet, and then come back and kill everybody. Big fight ensues. The other symbiote's very strong and difficult to fight. However, uh, Eddie Brock has a bigger heart. That's basically what it comes down to: is Venom and Eddie Brock have a bigger heart and. Uh, there wasn't any kind of special, like, thing that made them stronger other than that they were just... I mean, Eddie Brock didn't even really assist in the fight too much, did he? He just kind of... Uh, I feel like he did something clever-ish. I don't know. I'm sure. Yeah. Anyway. Hey, I found out it's, it was Life Foundation. That's right. I, yeah, Life Foundation. So, yeah, you were right. I'm sorry. That's all right. Um, anyway, Spaceship blows up, and Eddie Brock saves the day. It looks like Venom died, but then he didn't. Um, of course not, because that would be not how super movie, superhero movies work or comic book movies work. And uh, yeah, uh, kind of looks like maybe Anne and Eddie will get back together. Probably not. Maybe. Who knows? <laughs> but Venom and Eddie are still together, and they're kind of trying to work out how um, how to satiate Venom's hunger for live things all while trying to be good people. And uh, that was Venom. Yay! Golf claps. Oh, man. Golf claps make me think of golfing, and I haven't been golfing in a long time. I don't have any golfing pants. Oh, well, let's, let's go get you some. I bet we can find some cheap down at the thrift store. Yeah! <laughs> Let's go to the thrift store. I got a menorah. What? I got a menorah at the thrift store. Congratulations. Yeah. I don't know what I'm going to do with it. I've never practiced. Judaism? Judaism. (laughs) (laughs) But I have always wanted a more luminous candle. Oh my gosh. Okay. So here we are. Um, <laughs> uh, and by, by a more luminous candle, do you mean something that will hold seven candles? Is it seven? Isn't it? I think it's eight. Ah, no, we're ignorant. <laughs> oh, no. <sighs> I didn't bring this up. Why would you bring in facts? Why would you bring in facts <laughs> to a joke? Why would you bring in a religion? That we don't know enough about. I was... Because <laughs> there's an even number on each side and there's one in the middle. I accidentally spelled manure candle. Fucking <laughs> 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 who cares?
and brought up a picture of a horse's ass, and I was like, that's not right. <laughs> Loved it so much. No, I'm oh. self-conscious about my laugh and my spelling abilities. <laughs> uh, it was just very good. Thank you for that. Um, okay, moving right along. Uh, Venom, frugal or not frugal? Um, I would say uh, I would say very frugal. I thought that uh, you know I thought Venom. Uh, he would eat anything. He he ate frozen uh, chicken nuggets, which makes my stomach hurt right now, <laughs> uh, and frozen tater tots, which also makes my stomach hurt. I would argue not frugal. Um, for one, he shouldn't have done that. He, he threw it up, all of it. Oh, true. What a waste. We got used to it later on. Yeah, when he becomes Venom, he can eat stuff like that. Hmm. But... As a human, it ain't doing oh, him no good. I see what you're saying. Um, well, I would I would argue um, they did blow up a lot of cars. That's not very frugal. Right. And a spaceship or two. Yep. Not very frugal. I'm going to point out a fact, and it's going to be really terrible and bad taste, but it's still fact. Well, I can cut it out if it's too, too <laughs> bad a taste. Uh, in the movie, they use, like you said, um... Like homeless people, poor people, drug addicts off the street <laughs> to test on, that is very frugal, especially when you don't have to pay anybody when you kill them from your tests. I would just say that it's frugal to kill your test subjects so you don't have to pay them. Yeah. It doesn't matter who it is. We're not going to place value over one life over another, but. No, I just, the, the setup of that, while evil, was very frugal. Okay. <laughs> um, I'd say that. Um, the Life Foundation was not frugal with their drones. They had these drones that chased Eddie Brock down the streets of San Francisco, and they didn't have any ability other than to crash and explode. Mm. Yeah, they did not help anything at all, it seemed. No, they, they served no purpose. Made explosions. Yeah. Lots of explosions in this movie. So many explosions. It was a exploding movie. Um, many a time we see... Venom or the other alien that we forgot the name of climbing up skyscrapers and things and like they're kind of busting the outside of the building a little not yeah. super frugal we're kind of running into the same issue we ran into with like x-men where i mean the thing is with these superhero movies is they're so bombastic and destructive it's hard to to mark enough points for them to be frugal just because there's so much what i just said Right. Sorry, the ball under the table got excited. <laughs> well, um, he did lose his job. Not super frugal. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but he's saying outside of like building and superpower destruction. That really didn't seem to affect his lifestyle at all. Are you kidding? He basically was homeless. No, he, he he literally had a home, an apartment. 
Oh, yeah, he did for a while, huh? He still did. Because that's where he ate. And, okay. Yeah. But he... His lack of a job had no impact on his living situation for six months. Well, he was, like, calling people to push off his bills because he couldn't pay. Yeah, but, I mean, he was doing all right. I mean, that's, I don't know, it's somewhat reassuring that, I mean, you could push him off for six months while you're looking for work. I don't think that's how life works. I don't think you can push off bills for six months. Yeah, he must have had some pretty good savings. Yeah, no kidding. Which is frugal. I mean, if you can live and survive unemployed for as long as he did, Mm -hmm. you did something. I would say that this is a movie of duality, such as The Nature of Eddie Brock and Venom, where there's the Venom side that is very not frugal and destructive, and then the Eddie Brock side that lived six months without a, a source of income. Yeah. So it's tough. It's tough to say. Split personality. Uh, oh. Can we do that? Can we leave a movie 50-50? With, except for the movie 50-50? With, that was very sad. Yes, it was. I don't want to think. <laughs> you want to think about 50-50? Yeah. Okay, well, we can think about but, yeah, Spongebob so, movie. It's <laughs> not sad. <laughs> what? what Spongebob movie. It's not sad. <laughs> Think what about is, that one. Okay. What's well, not sad? You didn't like thinking about the sad movie. I thought maybe you would think, <laughs> think about the happy movie. What about Happy Gilmore? That one's got happy in the title. You don't have to even think about sad. Don't think about Fern Gully. That one's sad. Fern Gully? I haven't heard of it, I don't think. You haven't heard of Fern Gully? No. It's an animated movie, but it's rainforest that gets destroyed. Robin Williams plays a bat. Yeah, I've never, ever... You've never seen Fern Gully? No. That's like it right sounds good, yeah. yeah. About this guy, he gets... I don't remember all of it, but... That one's sad. Let's not think about <laughs> it. Let's think about... Ricky Ralph. That one's good and happy. Okay, so anyway, I think we can go 50-50, mostly because of how you explained with the duality of Venom and Eddie Brock, and we can assign a frugal versus not frugal to those characters, thus... <sighs> But we can watch the movie and learn frugal versus not frugal. No, I disagree. We can't. I, that's, it's our job here to place them in categories because who else will do it? Either frugal or not frugal. Not everything's black and white, Brandon. But it's our job. Sorry. Some of them went in the garbage bin, Brandon. Well, the garbage bin is actually just attached to the not, not frugal. frugal. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Okay, well... I would say I would say more not frugal because while he was able to sustain himself for six months, I think that maybe that gives a false sense of security as to what's possible without a source of income. Also, he could have got some kind of something. It didn't have to be journalism. Right. He could have worked down at. Well, that was what he was about to resort to. The gas station or something. Right. I mean, he had start. It seemed like he was. Um, about to start washing dishes. Yeah. Something even more evil and disgusting than becoming a alien thing. <laughs> Clearly in the eyes of this movie, there's it's the le- he he was about to reach the lowest of the low and start washing dishes for a living. Yeah. Gross. Not frugal. Don't watch Venom. Okay. Venom, not frugal. Not frugal. What's the lesson? I don't think we did a lesson last time we How about don't eat people? Don't eat people. No, it's got to be financial. Right, okay. Um, hey, you be you, but you be the you that's the side of you that's frugal. 
<laughs> That's so long. You be you, the, the you be you, in parentheses, the frugal you. Be your most frugal self. I, th- I think you be you, the side of you that's frugal. Be the side of you that's frugal. Be the side of you that's frugal. Yeah. All right. I dig it. Don't be Venom. Be the side of you that's frugal. Don't be a Venom. Be an Eddie Brock. Yeah. Team Eddie Brock. Team Brock. Team Brock. (laughs) Gotta catch them all. Pokemon. Pokemon. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening to The Bargain Den, your weekly source of financial uh, accuracies and where (laughs) to make sure that you learn how to properly spell menorah. I should look that up. You want to thank some people while I... Yeah, I think it's spelled like Minor-A-H. See, it's a horse's butt. Yeah, that's pretty rude. It's either Minor-A-H or like Min-Or-A-H. Okay, thanks some people. Okay, well, thank you all for listening, first off. We really appreciate it. Makes us feel loved. No, um, thank you so much to (laughs) Sarah Anastasia, who did our artwork. Um, You can check her out. We've got her stuff in the description. Uh, thank you to the Lounge Kittens, who let us use their cover of Dirty Deeds for our intro and outro, also linked in the description. Um, thank you to Anchor for hosting our podcast. They're really cool and fun and uh, worth a shot if you're looking at starting your own podcast. Yep, agreed. Very cool, very cool. The menorah has nine candles. We suck. Dang. <laughs> I knew it was an four. odd number. Oh, yeah, it's four. So it, we were kind of both right. Nope, we were actually both Eight with exact- one in the middle. Nine. <laughs> <laughs> um, Donna, do you want to look up who our bargainer is? Yes, it'll take me a minute because I have to turn on my phone. Good, I have some work to do here. All right, so welcome back to the Brandon saw an actor once in Austin uh, in 2017. Oh my gosh. And he's still trying to figure out what that actor is. So last time I said Ray Liotta and I'd like to remove him from the spectrum while he is somewhat similar to the actor, I would like to reinstate it. Um, I would like to add into the mix um, the most prevalent figure I can say he this actor almost looks like. It is Andy Richter, uh, co-host of the Conan O'Brien late night talk show. Show the other host, Andy Richter. He's also on Rest of Development. He plays five people. They all look identical. So I know it sounds very <laughs> challenging to imagine that there was somebody who looked like Andy Richter, but that was not Andy Richter. I can say for a fact it wasn't Andy Richter. Uh, if we can, if you are out there and you start seeing some Andy Richter look-alike actors, and you think maybe, maybe that's Andy Richter, nah, maybe not, then send them my way. Send them to the Bargain Den at the Bargain Den on Twitter for all your Andy Richter look-alikes. The Bargain Den at gmail dot com. The Bargain Den cast at gmail dot com. Dang it! <laughs> that is the email that you can send them to. Um, you can. Um, <laughs> If otherwise you just happen to know me as a person and have my contact information, you can send it there. I do not care. I want all Andy Richter lookalikes sent their IMDb page to us, and we will find this man, and you will end my coming up on, it's 2019, so it's coming up on three, no, two, two years. The two-year journey I've been on. I, I, I will never forget this man. I saw him crossing the street, and I have to know who he is. Andy Richter, if you're out there. <laughs> I'm just stalling now while you can pull up our bargain here. Andy Richter, if you're out there and you have an actor that you kind of look like, but have a bit more prominent eyes. 
Okay. Oh, thank God. So this week's Bargainer is Quentin. Congratulations, Quentin. Our longest running Bargainer. <laughs> um, I, you if scared? you would like to become a Bargainer of the Bargain Din, which is a very high honor. Uh, the just, highest, some would say. Some would say. Uh, just rate and review us on iTunes. It's really easy. And you don't have to do anything super fancy or special. But we might read it on the podcast. Very true. Uh, you scared me for a second because I did think you were about to say somebody other than Quentin. I thought it. I thought the time would come. Do you like how I how I worded it? Yep, like, you got oh, me. this week it's yeah. Quentin. Yep. Yep. <clears throat> All right. Well, I'm gonna go uh, learn how to spell <laughs> and uh, watch a happy movie, like. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh, it's such a good one. It's a good one, not like Schindler's List. Also such a good one, though. But it's sad. So sad. So sad. So sad. Scott Pilgrim. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Brandon. I'm Donna. Pinch those pennies. And stay frugal. I'm going to knock over this candle now. No. Please don't. Ow! Burn my hand. Set fire to everything. Dirty deeds and the dunder cheap. Dirty deeds and the dunder cheap.